Welcome to Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings, the podcast which explores the origins, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. I'm Dave Ellingson, adventurer, author, educator, and seeker of wisdom. Today we continue in our series of conversations about life journeys. Today's guest is Lyle Greiner, the director of Peer Ministry Leadership. I love the tagline on your website, Lyle, because it's all about relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Tell me what that means. Well, Thanks, Dave. I uh, um, let me talk about spiritual practices for a moment. I I think so many times somebody says spiritual practice, and right away my mind goes to prayer, to to meditation, to worship, to all those kinds of things. But I've come to believe that relationships, uh, relational skills, are are spiritual practices, and uh, that that they're just as important. They are they are the the, the skills of loving our neighbor, right? And uh, a lot of times we assume that we know relationships. And, uh, uh, but, you know, so yeah, so our theme lots of times is, is just how do we build relationships? How do we give people the skills uh, to deepen those relationships? And, uh, um, and how, do we, how do we tie that into our faith and to the word love, if you would? Well, Lyle, I wrote an article a number of years ago. Uh, The title was, It's All About Relationships. And, you know, over the years, I became more and more convinced that the key to life and to happiness is relationships with our, our, in our families, in our work, in our, uh, in our faith. Um, How do you develop those relationships? And, And maybe you can kind of describe um, how you've gotten to that realization in your life journey. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I grew up as, as uh, you know, in church world, I grew up as a camp counselor, fell in love with all of that. And, and uh, of course, wanted to go into youth ministry and did that for 16 years. And I think through it all, I, one of the things that impressed me the most uh, or, or excited me the most about working with kids was uh, the aha moments, right? Those just when you could see their eyes light up and go, ah. and almost always that was in uh, the midst of small groups, in the midst of relationships, in the midst of conversations, and uh, um, and I I just learned along the way that that it's the relationships that model and mentor things for us that uh, uh, they're the people that care for us. I remember, I remember, uh, you know, teaching confirmation and coming out of Lutheran tradition, you know, we'd, we'd teach, uh, you know, 48 lessons on the Lord's Prayer, exaggerated, <laughs> obviously, but way too many. And, and, uh, um, and I'm a good teacher. I'm a creative person. I would, uh, um, I would, and you have to trust me on this, I would teach incredible, incredible lessons on the Lord's Prayer. Interactive, fun, cameras, music, you know, all kinds of None of my kids prayed because of my fabulous lessons. Um, it wasn't until I started training and using a lot of my high school kids 
to, uh, to go on retreats, to lead groups, to do a number of things. And, and uh, um, you know, and, and one of the things they would do is pray with kids. And I started hearing all my middle school kids start to pray and verbalize prayer. And, it, you know, it hit me. It's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, a lot of things that I teach, they don't come through the lessons. They come through people who model and mentor and, and care, right? Uh, you know, Mike Iaconelli probably coined it the most. You know, kids don't care. Uh, you know, kids don't care what you know until they know you care. And uh, mm. uh, one of those old sayings. So the, so the light didn't always go on when you were doing all that cool stuff. And you found that the light would go on as young people talk to each other, listen to each other. They peer to peer. That word peer is a key part of it. Say a little more about what that means. Yeah, I learned to connect people with people. And, uh, and, and, and I learned that I think faith development happens in all kinds of relationships. But I think kids themselves, uh, you know, model and mentor and, and uh, uh, certainly shape each other's faith. And uh, so to get kids in situations where they can have real conversations and, uh, uh, yeah, in the midst of that. Of, of now, how did all that begin? I, I remember that hmm. there were natural helpers in the schools and there are a number of things that have developed over the years. There's kind of a kind of an interesting yeah. history. Thing. Yeah, it, it, it goes back to um, uh, a school counselor, Barbara Varenhorst, Palo Alto, California. And uh, she would, uh, when she would tell her story, she would say, um, you know, she kept asking her students, who do you go to? You know, when something, when you recognize something's going on in somebody's life or your life. And her observation was nobody ever said, well, you, Barbara. <laughs> they, they almost <laughs> always talked about a friend being one of the first people that recognize something going on or they confided in and talked to. So her premise is, why am I not giving my students skills, you know, to, uh, to know how to listen and to know how to care and to know uh, not to just give advice or Band-Aid things, but, to, to, you know, some systems for leading people through uh, their choices. So in the beginning, she called it uh, Peer counseling became a statewide initiative in California, and then you're right; it went up, went through school districts, peer helpers, natural helpers, peer mediation, all those things. Uh, churches started coming to Barbara and saying, "Why aren't you doing this with us?" And and uh, so she did. You know, she wrote uh, kind of a biblical, scriptural piece to go alongside, and and uh, started traveling and and uh, working with churches. Um, myself, Minneapolis guy, youth minister, people would bring Barbara. I'm obviously biased, but she'd come to town. I'd go to her stuff, and and uh, I was, you know, I was just, yeah, I I was so happy where it was taking my kids, and uh, yeah, and and just impressed. Now I I can imagine some people are thinking, you know, kids turn to each other. We we know that's a reality, but you know, uh, you know the problems that kids experience. I, I, Will they get good advice? Will they get good help? How, how do you sort through, you know, kind of actually trusting people to, to do the right thing or to say the right thing? Right. And I, and I think that only comes with, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, giving some very specific skills and, and giving people handles on things. And, and uh, um, I find, yeah, kids are obviously highly relational, you know, people. 
and uh, um, and I, I start if I'm with a group of kids, I'll just ask them, you know, how many of you know somebody whose family's going through divorce separation? Well, they all do. How many of you know somebody whose uh, life is off kilter because of somebody's use of drug out? You know, and you start going through that list, depression, everybody, you know, knows somebody that's going through uh, depression. And then, you know, and you just keep going. And even asking how many of you have had a conversation with somebody that's been talking about suicide? And uh, I would say 90% of high school kids would respond yes to that wherever I go. I would say 50 to 60% of, uh, of even middle school kids respond to that. So they're all concerned about, you know, something, but they don't have the tools, you know, to know how to respond. And uh, so part of the toolkit, uh, you know, a lot of it comes out of the Good Samaritan story. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a Good Samaritan story one time, and, and uh, this kid points out, they said, well, the innkeeper did all the work <laughs> and, and she was right. I mean, it was like, well, the innkeeper probably was one that spent days, you know, uh, nursing the person back to health and feeding them and taking care of them and, and all that. And I thought, that's good news. I mean, it says to me, if I help somebody, part of my job is to know who the innkeepers are and how do so, I find so a peer, a peer minister or a peer counselor or a young person could, could be the person that, that brings the person who is wounded to the innkeeper, or or they could be the innkeeper themselves in some ways. Yeah, in some cases they're the listener, but uh, uh, certainly to have some people, some adults around kids that take the training to keep encouraging, to keep checking in, but to help kids know who their innkeepers are and to feel comfortable. By the way, uh, kids, they're not so impressed with titles, you know, like like counselor, psychologist, or anything. They just want to know, they just want to know, you know, Joe. <laughs> and, and Joe might be, a, you know, the school counselor or whatever. They, they're they more concerned about meeting and having, you know, their own relationship with, with uh, innkeepers. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, in the title to your, um, your website, it's, it's peer ministry leadership. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of an interesting spin. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that was intentional because we don't think of leadership that way, right? We think of leadership as people who stand behind a microphone and, uh, and, and talk, on, uh, uh, talk on podcasts and, uh, and preach and sing and, and do all those kinds of cool things. And that, that's important stuff. Or uh, microphones or committees. Um, or they're, you know, they're elected or appointed and so they're planning or, or being advocates for. Um, and again, important stuff but those roles fit only a very few people. I think every person, I think every kid, you know, has, has a heart or a concern for somebody and for a friend. And uh, I think, uh, I tell kids all the time, you are the front lines of ministry, you know? And, and as far as youth, you know, I tell kids, you know far more youth than I'll ever know, you know, as a, as a you know, church staff person or pastor or youth minister. And, and uh, um, and you know what's going on in their life. You know the great joys. You know the you know, you know the great stresses. Um, you know, and and so, you know, how do you yeah, you know, how do you become that for people? Well, and and the training that you do, well, give just an idea of maybe kind of what that training looks like, and and some of the resources you've developed, because I'm sure some people are listening and think, okay, you know, this this sounds. <laughs> It sounds great, but how, how in the heck do I learn how to do that? 
See, that's why, that's why I say it's uh, relationships. We get that, but we gotta, we got to give people uh, some practical skills and, uh, um, and to practice those skills and to work with them. Um, and, and so uh, we literally take kids through just a very experiential uh, kind of fun way of, of learning the skills, uh, tying them into scripture, uh, 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 you know, working with spiritual practices in the midst of it, but they practice. And so they, uh, everything from just beginning to meet somebody, we use an acronym called WEAT, I won't go into it all, but you know, just, you know, those typical things that you talk about when you first meet somebody, but the listening, the being willing to ask questions and to ask real questions. Um, and, uh, uh, and some of the tougher things. I mean, right now, Right, I, I, I think uh, uh, we've been trying to organize our peer ministers to have some one-on-one -on -one conversations with people because there's so much in pandemic world, right? There, I mean, there's so much added stress and, and anxiety and, and uh, wondering. And, and uh, a psychologist said the other day, we're, we're all in the midst of, you know, the, to various levels, trauma. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the interesting, traits about trauma is you don't really recognize that you're in the middle of it mm. um, and uh, but so we need we need people um, not just kids but we need people to make connections that are willing to ask uh, some of the more personal questions I mean just asking how are you um, it has a whole new meaning and a whole new depth by the way if you say how are you we always stay in a you know in our culture what I'm fine you know and uh, uh, but it's always the second, always asking the second question, you know, um, how are you really? Or, you know, if you wouldn't, you want to talk, you know, and, and, uh, or if you weren't. And, um, so anyway, yeah, giving those kids some skills, giving them some skills on, uh, like I said, knowing how to uh, guide and help someone without like a lot of our kids say without shooting on people right and and uh, without telling them what they should do this is what you should do or this is what i think you should do um but helping them own uh some of their choices changes challenges uh to work through some of the stresses of life one of, one of my favorite you had mentioned wheat uh, the acronym that you developed and the little cards that get passed out sometimes at your training and i can still yeah. remember it it, it helped um, the, the wheat, W is where, you ask the question where, um, H is hobbies, E is experiences, um, A is acquaintances, yeah. and T is travel. Travel. And so, yeah. so it kind of, it kind of helps because we wonder, okay, so what, what do we say after we say hello? <laughs> right. And, and this gives a kind of, um, a reminder of different ways to engage people and to to invite them to share and then and then listening and the uh, the aha moments dave uh, you know about using that thing is and, and it always comes back is that oh my gosh it really is the good samaritan story right it's stepping in and saying hi it's stepping in and saying hey i noticed you and maybe noticing is the first part. It's like, oh, you got hockey on your hat. You know, tell me about, <laughs> you know, where'd you get your, <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, and making connections. <laughs> if nothing else, it's about the weather, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and uh, but we make an observation. Right. And uh, 
And that just gives us permission to talk more. And, and this, like I said, the surprise is always that, you know, you start with those topics, but so often you get into, you know, some real life story and, and sometimes some real concern and, and, uh, or, or you get into great joys and you get to celebrate with people. But, um, well, as you know, the, the, the name of, of this podcast is Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings. Um, you know, adages, sayings, wisdom. Do any come to mind, you know, as I know you, you have some great sayings, some Lyle-isms or whatever, <laughs> but uh, are there any phrases like that that have kind of guided you on your journey? Right. I mean, there's, yeah, like, <laughs> and I sent them to you because I keep a list of those things. But the, probably the one I'm quoted most for is, is youth are either leading or they're leaving. In other words, uh, in church world, uh, uh, kids have to know uh, that they're needed. You know, we need you. And we need you not just for, you know, a group or, you know, uh, but we need you for something important and something meaningful. And, uh, and I think there's all kinds of ways um, that, uh, uh, you know, that the church can do that. But we have to be intentional about it. Um, we, have, we, have to, we have to be thinking about every kid, whether they're active or not. And I always tell churches, that active or not, they need to hear at least twice a year uh, from somebody in their church, we need you. And we need you for something significant and meaningful. Uh, certainly, I think peer ministry is is a part of that, uh, but so is uh, just you know, uh, so is just you know, teaching Sunday school, you know, doing a doing a music thing at night, and 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 I told you, you don't have to expect kids to come every week, you know, need them for one night for one thing, and uh, and honestly, they'll respond. And uh, now, hopefully, my pastor won't listen to this uh, because here's the truth about me: something I have observed about myself since I've been in, you know, uh, uh, people don't pay me to go to a particular church anymore. Uh, but uh, I have, I have yet uh, to respond to something in the announcements, something in the newsletter, uh, you know, cool video things, and said, "Oh, I'll do that. I'll volunteer for that." But I think probably every single time somebody's come face to face with me and said, Lyle, we need you to help out with this or, you know, what, what are, I, I think I've always responded. Yes. I think that's, touch. Yep. Yep. I think it's a good clue. <laughs> Take my own life. It's a good clue for kids. You know, we keep sending out things and, and, you know, but it's that, it's that one-on-one -on -one, we need you uh, that kids will respond to. Now, Lyle, obviously I've known you for, for many years and have been a part of your trainings and we've developed a friendship. I know your journey has not been always the easiest and there have been struggles. And, you know, maybe you could say a little bit about your journey and relationships and how it's shaped you and, and who you are. Yeah, right. I mean, we all... Uh, uh, we all show little bits of ourselves. It's like the iceberg, you know, we all show little bits of ourselves and what we do. And, and underneath that iceberg is a whole, whole large pieces of us. And, and yeah, so we all have our, our stresses and journeys and, and frustrations. And certainly, uh, you know, certainly, you know, I, I mean, one of the hardest things, you know, for me has been, and sometimes, sometimes I tell people, oh, I'll tell you about my two wives, which kind of raises eyebrows sometimes, but uh, um, I, I have been married twice. And uh, 
uh, Randy was my camp counselor buddy. Uh, we worked in three churches together, raised two boys. And, uh, and then uh, one night I was gone on travels, just something in her heart, just, you know, mitral valve decided not to work and she passed away. Uh, so, um, yeah, and that, that, uh, that coming around of people and, and being with and the support, people just showing up at my door, you know, was, was amazing. And uh, I'll never forget that. My mentor, Barbara, you know, Varenhorst, I mentioned earlier, she lost her husband uh, sooner than she should have. And I remember we were talking about this one time and she said, she said, you know, Lyle, she said, I don't always remember what people said or what they did. And she said, maybe this isn't good, but I, but I remember all, I, I remember the people that did nothing, that said nothing that sent, you know, that never showed up, that I considered friends. And she said, she, she said, I, you know, it's just an odd thing, but I remember, you know, so that importance of showing up for people. And that was maybe, that was such an aha moment. I was at, uh, uh, one of my young adults, uh, dads had died. We were at the funeral and uh, the two sons got up and they said, three words summed up our dad. You know, and we're, we're kind of there quiet. We're kind of all leaning forward. And they said, he, he showed up. And then they went through his legacy of showing up for every neighbor that was putting up a fence, everybody that was in the hospital, you know, just this whole litany of, of showing up. He was a simple man, but he showed up for people. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what, what an incredible, incredible legacy to say, hey, he showed up for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of one of my my favorite um, resources that you've developed um, is called Candle Time or Candle Light, and and um, you know I I learned over the years by lighting a candle something wonderful happens. Uh, why don't you Why don't you share that? Because that might be something that almost anybody, particularly in this time with the pandemic, might be a particularly useful uh, tool for. De deepening their relationships and and um, and right. grounding themselves. Yeah, yeah. There, you know, I I mean, we we grew up thinking, you know, kind of thinking prayer is one thing, but uh, um, I, I appreciate Father Richard Rohr and he, you know, and listening to him, and he says, uh, you know, he he says, you know, all we get to do is simply be more aware of God you know, and all the spiritual practices and all the worship, he says, it's just, it's, it's not making God closer or better or, you know, or with, we're just, we are just being more aware of God. So I like that lighting of a candle and that just even that uh, can be prayer. So I'm, I, I'm, one night I'm doing uh, uh, all kinds of prayer experiences with a confirmation class, kind of a large church, uh, and uh, set up all kinds of things and prayer stations. And anyway, I was done. And uh, I was getting ready to start picking up. <laughs> I was laughing at myself because I bring boxes and boxes of stuff, you know. And, and uh, uh, this high school girl comes walking in. And she's like, what's all this? Because there was candles all over the room. And it was good. And I said, oh, we've been doing these prayers. And she goes, oh, she says, I'm not very good at prayer. So I took her over to one of the stations and, and uh, you know, candle lit there. And 
and uh, I think it was all kinds of pictures. And I said, what, what's your eye drawn towards? And she picked up a picture and I said, tell me about that. And, uh, and then at the end of our conversation, I said, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer, because God's listening very much in the midst of that. And it's as simple as that. And uh, then she says to me, she says, yeah, my best friend, her mom died today. And I was like, oh, geez, you know. And, and I said, and you don't know what to say. And she goes, no, I don't, or, or what to do. So I gave her one of the candles, um, and uh, I said, take this home. Um, and tonight, light it in your room and just keep it lit tonight. And tomorrow or the next time you see your friend, you know, just say, I lit a candle for you. And uh, um, I lit a candle for you. And she'll understand that, you know, as, as, as prayer and as spiritual connection. Um, so, yeah, all kinds of ways to pray. And uh, some, of them, some of them, you know, Dave, some of them just sound silly to me. Um, and last summer I finally pulled out, I had written it and, and probably pulled it from somewhere, but I had a whole bunch of old flip phones and, uh, um, I, I think it was at a camp. And so I set these flip phones out and, and, you know, gave opportunities for people to just pick up phone and say prayers, you know, and just sit and talk, you know, like you're talking to God. And I thought in the back of my mind, I thought, I don't, this seems silly, you know, but then I watched, and it was college guys, <laughs> like these five college guys sitting there talking for like 10, 15 minutes on these phones that didn't go anywhere, you know, and, but they were praying. And somehow that, just that tool, you know. Well, and, and, and when you say silly and you say fun, I mean, I would often say with my students that, you know, the 11th commandment is <laughs> thou shalt have fun, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I see, uh, in fact, one of my students came to one of your trainings and he, he said, you know, man, Professor Ellingson said I needed to go to this training and I was really not looking forward to it, it <laughs> on a Saturday. And, um, and, and, and when, he, when he told me the next week about the experience, he said, I learned a lot and it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. and, and so for me, you know, the fun, the joy of connecting with people, of being really listened to, of being heard, of experiencing a level of care that we all, you know, long for. Yeah. Um, I had a chance to sit with Brian McLaren last year and, and, uh, and have, have breakfast with him. And, and he, boy, he said it so well. He said, he said, the church, he says, we're all about love, right? And, and it, 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 that's, we need to keep the main thing the main thing, you know, and, and it's about love. But he says, here's, here's what I keep seeing. He says, in the church, it's like we go to a yoga class, and we get to the yoga class, and uh, there's no mats, there's no exercises. We sit in rows. Somebody talks about the great benefits of yoga. Uh, we sing songs about the, you know, about the... Uh, uh, upward cobra and the downward dog and and uh, but we never get around to doing yoga and uh, and he said that's what you're doing he says you're giving you're giving people the actual exercises the actual skills the actual ways of knowing how to love your neighbor and it's like oh that was that was so powerful for me and it was yeah I hope that's what we're doing 
I hope uh, we're giving people My experience is that is what you have been doing for a long time. Share maybe just briefly what, how folks can avail themselves of the resources that you've developed. One of the things I really like about what you've done, even though you've written books, most of your stuff is available in very easy to use downloadable form from the computer. But say a little bit, this is your chance for a commercial. <laughs> yeah, somebody said that the other day about uh, one of our pieces that is like, oh, I like is you don't give a lot of pages and pages of directions. They're just, you pick up and you use them, you know. And, and so everything we do, everything that I have right now, peerministry.org, uh, go to the store. Everything we do is PDF, so you can get it and, you know, and use it as many times if you want want. Uh, it's there. And uh, pieces on prayer, pieces on mentoring, pieces on all kinds of small group discussions, uh, certainly the curriculums for peer ministry for Everyday Samaritan, uh, a five-session piece for, for young kids, all in relational ministry. We finally got around to that. I think every time we did a training, somebody would come up and say, this should be for adults. <laughs> and uh, so we're doing the adult piece, um, right? Uh, so this Thursday, I start with a uh, church out in, uh, in Baltimore, and we're doing three Thursday nights uh, on Zoom and uh, doing that training. So like everybody, we're trying to recreate ourselves. I got a group going right now. We're doing uh, adult facilitator training, uh, a certification in that. Again, uh, kind of a series of, of classes on Zoom. And uh, uh, so anything anything and everything that, you know, that has those relationship ties, uh, those, those skill uh, producing ties, those, uh, you know, all about love, you know, kind of ties. So yeah, uh, here's one of the things you need to know. Anything that you look at on the website, if you make it over there, uh, peerministry.org, anything that you want to see, you just shoot, a, shoot me a note and I'll send it to you. You can preview it and see if it fits the directions that you're looking at. You know, Lyle, as, as, as we close, uh, a, a phrase comes to mind, uh, none other than something that Jesus said when mm -hmm. he was asked, what's the great commandment? And he said, you know, to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor is yourself. Is that all about relationships? And is it all about love? Amen, brother. You, you do it um, as well as anybody I give thanks for your ministry and your friendship, and I give you thanks for being a part of this uh, this conversation today. and And uh, wish you well uh, in this time of pandemic. I look forward to uh, uh, our next conversation. Dave, thanks for for you know, cheering me on, and and I hope I get to do the same for you. and And uh, blessings and and uh, your inspiration to all of us. Appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Dave Ellingson, and this has been Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings, the podcast which explores the origin, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. Tune in to Say What? on your mobile device, computer, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And join me next time for a life journey conversation with Dr. Rachel Engersoll, Professor of Early Learning, and her focus will be on the spirituality of children. For more information on my books and films, check out my website, 
dellingson.com. And thanks for listening.